Hey, it's Alana. And Jacqueline. And you're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We are so happy to have you back with us. We are. Today, we are recording an episode for you guys that was inspired from our last little baby debate we had on our Bad Drivers episode. Mm -hmm. If you guys did tune into that one, we had talked a little bit about the Oscars since that was uh, very recent. And I mentioned how (laughs) Frances McDormand, when she received her Oscar, how she wasn't where I noticed that she wasn't wearing a lot of makeup. And to me, that was a statement whether she planned it or not mm-hmm. uh and your what was your what was your response we got into a baby debate we did. because the question was asked about if it is a statement to wear makeup or not mm-hmm. i said no jackie said yes i need to sort of retract a statement that i made from the previous episode i it, i think in the previous episode i made it seem as though not wearing makeup to the oscars is not making a statement and that i need to stand corrected in that forum it is definitely a statement to not wear makeup but in life right i don't think it's a, a statement to not wear makeup yeah and then i think now we're we're taking inspiration from what that little baby debate and talk really talking about whether it is a statement to to wear it in life uh when and how and how much and all of that right so we're just right. here to discuss talk a little bit about what we went through and uh and uh yeah so it seems like the question is going to be to make up or not to make up? <laughs> that is the question. <laughs> that is the question. And I think that Jack and I, in doing research for this show, at first I went into it thinking, hmm, how does makeup tie into feminism, tie into intersectional feminism? But very quickly realized that I ended up having a bit of a self journey about my journey towards makeup. Mm-hmm. And the fact that for me, makeup isn't wearing makeup is is not necessarily a huge statement or not wearing makeup isn't a huge statement because my journey to makeup was long and arduous and before I arrived at makeup and my colors and my makeup style I was on a a journey of like self-love self-appreciation before makeup ever really they're so healthy but but I (laughs) Don't be fooled. Like the the journey towards self love wasn't yes. one that I was like, let me get woke and just start loving myself. No, it came from a a very clear lack of inclusivity in the cosmetic industry. I see. So, so can you what, can you share a little bit about what that was like? So just growing up and totally feeling so, not included. <laughs> so I had acne. I had horrific acne straight from the devil (laughs) throughout my high school years and so initially makeup wasn't even a consideration because when you have acne there's no way yeah no if you put makeup on top of it oh my gosh it almost feels like a highlighter my skin was peeling a lot it was like angry and aggravated every day of the week so for me the idea of putting on something to cover up what was already going on was just too much and it was like the thought for me was like I'm putting a highlighter on my face. Yeah. Where like I know by noon my face is going to start peeling. Yeah. If I don't wear makeup and just moisturize and my face starts peeling, we're good. But if I put on makeup, the makeup starts to flake and then my skin starts to flake and then I look like a dry 
flaky cross yeah. face lady. Like my face was, I feel like it was constantly chapped throughout my teen years. Really? So, so the idea of putting on makeup to cover it up was just not did an your, option. Did, it, did your mom go through that when she was younger too? Yeah, my mom was oh. an acne prone teen. That's where I got it from. I see. I'm not hating on the oily skin that she gave me because I feel it's like actually it's going to do me wonders better. later on down the road. Black don't crack. Exactly. <laughs> they don't say that for nothing. Yep. But the idea of putting on makeup was not really something that I was thinking about. I was way more concerned sure. with like clearing up the acne that I had yeah. and then the subsequent hyperpigmentation scars that went along with it. Mm. And makeup shopping in the 90s, early <laughs> aughts, was not really kind to black girls. I'm, I imagine. We were not included. I mean, same with me. I can right. only imagine. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you would understand that we were not included. Not at all. Makeup that was publicized in magazines or like Delia's catalogs, yeah. if you remember I those do. things, <laughs> were like white and well, it was glimmery sort of whitish yeah. powders mm-hmm. that left like an ashy cast on the face. I couldn't really do drugstore makeup because... If anyone knows about black skincare and, and, and black complexions, you have to try that makeup on. Yeah, you can't try it on at, like at, a, at, a, at a pharmacy. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. So, like, I, I was not one to really start using makeup until maybe, like, midway through college. I see. Okay. What about you? Uh, kind of along the same route as yours where I wasn't exposed to makeup. I didn't have an interest in makeup. I was surrounded by, you know, I was living in a predominantly Asian community where to us, we don't grow up with makeup. None of our mothers wore makeup. So it was just, I never had the exposure uh, and, and, and I didn't really care. And it was something, and it wasn't something I even really thought of until I moved to Orange County mm. when I was 14. Lots of money and lots of white people. Oh yeah, tell me about it. And that and that's when my my whole world sort of shifted of just like I was really confused and I didn't feel very pretty around these girls and they looked different and and of course also feeling really insecure about um my face, my Asian face just because of our features, you know, if it, you guys don't know or maybe you know, but um I have a model lid. So that I've struggled with for Can years. Can you explain to people what that is? For those that don't know. Okay, so a monolid is essentially we um, we don't have a, a double eyelid. We just have one eyelid, hence <laughs> mono. Uh, so there's no there's no fold. You don't when we open our eyes. There's no there's no crease up at the top. So any kind of smoky eye or eyeshadow or any sort of thing that might accentuate. It's a little different with like a f- we're just a flat surface. There's not many. There's not much a dynamic as far as curves on our faces. Got it. So it's like a much flatter face. Um, we have much you know the top of our of our forehead and everything is is way flatter. So it's it's a little hard to uh, be somewhat creative with the makeup. It, it, that's what it feels like initially, and it wasn't something that I was natural at. Yeah. Uh, so for what and most Asians do the double eyelid surgery you know my mom has it it's big in korea it's right the number one in 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 most like for what asians want that's like the number one thing is uh double eyelid surgery it's huge i mean first of all korea is the capital of plastic surgery mm-hmm. um for men and women but uh but yeah that this monolid thing really stuck with me for a while yeah, I see a lot yeah. of Asian beauty vloggers really talking about the the trials and tribulations of like working with the monolid. It's difficult. And how a lot of cosmetic companies uh, don't really acknowledge that 
pain not at and all. hardship? Not at all. Not at all until people started talking about it. I think the biggest one for me was, um, I think her name is Lou Wen. She's a, she was a Victoria's Secret model. Hmm. And she has a model lid. And I remember looking up her face and researching her. And this was recent, just within the past. Because, you know, the Victoria's Secret models wasn't very... Yeah, they were not very diverse. Not at all. Um, and so and so with that being said, you know, I, I really didn't really like my features. I, had, I struggled with that, too, of my eyes never being big. And it's still a problem. I still struggle, especially as an actor, you yeah. know, uh, on being on screen. I, I struggle with that a lot. And so I have my own journey with that in itself. But... um. But yeah, it, it's the same as I, I was late to the game. I didn't really care. I didn't have exposure. And I didn't feel like I was included when I was look at beauty magazines or, yeah. you know, uh, it just I didn't see an Asian face. So why would I buy your product? And was makeup shopping for you like it was for me a process? Like, What do you mean by that? For me, if I was going to go purchase a new foundation or concealer or blush bronzer, I I had to mentally prepare myself like, okay, I'm going to go to Nordstrom's. I'm going to go to Bloomingdale's. I'm going to go to Macy's. Fingers crossed. They have find something, a consultant of color that understands my unique skincare conditions. Fingers crossed. They have a product I'm looking for. Right. Like it was always time consuming. Right. It almost felt like a, like you had to just like, you have to really work at it. Yeah. Whereas I would see all my like white friends, like, Go up, to, go up to MAC and grab their color and move on because there was always a plethora of options for them mm. at most skincare counters. I see. Well, to be honest, I've never really bought concealer or foundation. You lucky bitch. I know. <laughs> they say, what do they say about Asians? I heard this recently. This cracked me up of the Asians don't raisin. <laughs> That's black a good one. That's Asian essentially yeah. That's essentially black don't crack yeah. for Asian women. I think someone 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 told me that too. They were like, yeah, they say Asians don't raisin, and I looked at them and I went, I immediately pictured a little raisin, and I just started laughing. Um, I've never heard that though. I so know. there you go. Black yeah. don't crack and Asian don't raisin. Yeah, new, <laughs> learning new things. <laughs> welcome, welcome to learning new things. Um, yeah, I I've never. And I think the ones that I've either had from like buying the wrong ones mm-hmm. and I've never really worn too much of that unless it's stage makeup. Got it. Uh, I'm sure they're the wrong color. <laughs> okay. All right. Got <laughs> I'm it. Just, I'm just putting it like that. I'm sh- and, w- and I think when I've got, I think I went to Sephora once and she uh, helped me match my, 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 t- my tone from like, mm-hmm. I guess like the true, they like take several patches across the face and yeah. they find the one and, um, I think I put it on recently and it's still not the right color. So I just, yeah, I, I, I still haven't, I don't know where you are in that process, but I still haven't even began to like want to or even find the right one because. My makeup finesse level is a solid 3.4. Right. Like I'm not even up at four level. Like I, again, like I still feel like whenever I go makeup shopping, I'm, I still have the same worries and concerns. But now the benefit is I'll call my local Nordstrom's counter. I'll see if my girl Teal is working. If she's working, I'll go see her. I see. If she's not working, I'll go in on a day where she's working. Oh, kind of a that's, thing. that's smart. I should do that. Do you, yeah, maybe that could be good for <laughs> that you. That would be really good for me. But it's crazy to me that inclusivity in terms of the cosmetics industry really hasn't stretched 
to yeah, Asian, not to at all. the Asian culture or to the African-American culture. Mm-mm. I know that African-American women spend an estimated $7.5 billion annually on beauty products. And we spend 80% more on cosmetics and skincare than our Caucasian counterpoints. So I also feel like, Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like Asian women do first and second generation American Asian women, I should say. Right, 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 right. Do spend a lot of money on makeup and do spend a lot of money on cosmetics and do spend a lot of money on skincare. Yeah, I think, well, I think it it does stem a little bit from Korea because Korea is huge on skincare. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of uh, Asians from China and here... Uh, obviously exposed somewhat to that level of of how much they should be taking care of their skin uh, in in the form of of skincare and makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this, I think, this like you said, the generations recently have been getting into it a lot, and and not just not just necessarily make. And when I mean makeup, I mean you know for for a lot of Asians, it's um it's the the contacts. And the eyelashes. Oh. That's huge. So it's eye-heavy beauty. It's eye-heavy beauty. For Asian women. Yeah. Got it. Because oh, interesting. we can make that something because we don't have it. So we can yeah. create this sense of, I mean, if you just go on before and after forums and websites, a lot of Asians will wear, um, and still that's like the standard of even they'll create the, the uh, contacts with the prescription on there. So oh. if you've seen, and you wouldn't know because you, I'm sure it looks somewhat normal, but there's this prescription, it's like a soft contact, but it's also pigmented. Mm-hmm. And so it accentuates the eyes and it almost looks cat-like. Interesting. Um, and that's like the standard. That's oh. all they wear. Wow. And that applies to beauty in, in the sense that we're talking about, like making is whether you're making a statement or not. Because why do they have to wear contacts that just make their pupils bigger? Because yeah. they feel, I don't know what it is that they feel that they're less than or something, that they don't have bigger eyes. Or right. so then they have to actually change the shape of their eye or, or their pupil or whatever it is to look more Western. Right. You know, there's that huge like Western standard that Asians continue to strive to, to look white. Wait, which is the huge eyelashes, which is the double eyelid surgery, which is the contacts. Right. And I almost like as much as growing up, I kind of wanted that. And and deep down inside, maybe sometimes I'm like, wish I had that. Mm -hmm. I'm almost I almost like to just sort of like I I think it's absurd, you know. But don't you think it's a I I agree with you. I do think it's absurd. I also think it's a sort of form of casual racism to your own. (laughs) Go on. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was going to say, I think it's a casual form of racism to blatantly not be inclusive of other forms of beauty. Yes. Because that feeds into this belief that in order to be perceived as beautiful, you've got to have white features. Yes. Yeah. Which is which is what I don't I don't understand because you're not white. So you're never going to have those features. Well, it's the Lily complex. Have you heard of this? I feel like I have. Can you explain it? Go into it a little more. So the Lily complex, um, I would assume it, it applies to both of our ethnic groupings, but I, it's really prominent in African-American culture. It's the belief that the lighter you are, the closer to Lily white, like a, like a flower. Oh, OK. The more beautiful you are. I see. And that's often that was. I think part of my self-love journey is I think most black girls often arrive um, at this place where they have to decide, do they love their natural complexion the way it is Uh or are they going to be the type to choose to lighten it and really buy into this white standard of beauty? 
I don't think there's a I single African-American friend of mine that I've spoken to about this that hasn't grappled with it. That's because so interesting. The, the white standard of beauty is obviously very prominent when you're growing up as a teenager like I did and you didn't really see yourself heavily reflected. That definitely feeds into this idea that if you are not a white girl and you don't have a slim nose or you mm-hmm. don't have thinner lips, you're mm-hmm. not as pretty. But on the other side of that, if a white girl had... Thicker well, lips. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe rocked an afro or corn rolls. It was edgy. It yeah. was cool. Right. And but... she becomes somewhat... Yeah, so it was def- very much a double standard. It there. is. And I feel like a lot of, I shouldn't, maybe I'll phrase it like this. I feel like the whitewashing of certain African American celebrities, complexion wise, not whitewashing okay. personality wise, sure. but whitewashing complexion wise. <laughs> Let's, Let's like Beyonce, like I think it was L'Oreal that came under fire for lightening up Beyonce when she was doing ads for L'Oreal. The same thing sort of happened with Queen Latifah where. L'Oreal got accused of uh, lightening their skin. Wow. And the black community. I never heard of this. Oh, yeah. The black (gasps) community was like, what the fuck? On fire about it, yeah. Well, absolutely. Well, first things first. Step off of Beyonce and Queen Latifah. Yeah. They're ours. Don't lighten their skin because they're they're beautiful just the way they are. Mm-hmm. But again, that sends a very clear signal. Again, there's that casual racism of if it ain't light, it ain't right. And, you know, your dark skin might be beautiful to you, but to mainstream but, beauty, right. mainstream beauty standards, it's it's not that pretty. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, so sorry, black girl. Mistake number one, you were born black. Double, double strike against you if you had the audacity to be born a darker complexion. Right, within. Right, within the, our white standard of beauty. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah. there's there's, It's a lot. And when it comes to, I think another reason why maybe I'm a little bit tentative with makeup is that black women get makeup shamed a lot. Have you heard of this? No. Makeup shaming is essentially shaming a woman for her choice to wear makeup, her enjoyment of the makeup process, whether it's the application process or shopping process, whatever. But not white people. Uh, well, I think it can get, well, I think Both white ways. women get it because it's just like, oh, you're so vapid and shallow. You spend oh, all this okay. time putting on makeup. You could be doing more productive things. Sure. You should just love yourself. You should join the hashtag no filter yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> but with black women, black women, all when it comes to makeup shaming for us, it falls into one of three categories. We get accused of making ourselves look lighter mm-hmm. because African-American women definitely have a lot of discoloration hyperpigmentation uneven skin tone so we have to even it out Mm -hmm. but in the process of evening it out haters out there will say you're trying to look whiter why are you trying to trick people into thinking you're lighter than you actually are that's the belief the second category would be how dare you wear bright audacious colors on your face you're too dark you should only stick to certain shades that compliment you're already you have such bold features why yeah would you even dare yeah why would you even dare accentuate those. Your bold features. Just stay to these. Yeah, like it's too much. I can't handle it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's a little overwhelming. Just stay to these easier, more basic shades. Yeah. Because we don't need any more drama. Exactly. Kind of a thing. Right. Um, and then the third one is using makeup to trick guys. And I think that that's one that's universal. Oh, amongst all women. Amongst sure. just all women in general. Yeah. But like the makeup shaming that comes along, especially in the black community, for me is 
sometimes a hard one to get my mind around. Mm. Like, I'm thankful that I don't feel like I have to wear makeup every day. Sure. Because I think we also spoke about this on the previous episode. I don't ever want to be one of those girls (laughs) whose default face to her friends is a made up face. So when I'm not wearing makeup... I look funny without right. it. You know, I look yeah. different kind of And th- we've all been there, right? You've been there when you see a girl who all of a sudden... Yes! Looks... I had that experience in college. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> was a happened? sophomore. I'm not going to name her name, but I was a sophomore. I was getting ready for classes. I had 8 a.m. classes, so I had to be up hella early. She was running late one day. She called out to me as I was leaving. She was like, hey, tell such, such, and so-and-so. I'll be late. Like, I'll be there soon. And I looked at this girl and I said, who are you? Because... And she said her name and I was like, oh, oh, like because she, I was just so used to seeing her wearing makeup and really heavy makeup that oh, I didn't really know what her normal face looked like. Did she, what, did, what was her reaction? She, I don't, obviously it was one of like, you're being an asshole, you know who this is. Right. And then I think it was just like she had was waking up and just trying to get going, get going, get I going. That maybe she didn't have enough time to process the the subtle shade that I had thrown. Wow. Um, but that was always my fear. Like, I don't ever want to wear makeup to the point where I look funny without it. Yeah. But I also don't want to be makeup shamed when I wear it. So I try to balance out when sure. I choose to wear it and when I choose and not I, to. And I think it's it's I think it's important that I, I want to touch on how it can be sort of, it, it, it can, can get addicting and you can kind of mm. get caught in that 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 is the you that that becomes sort of the real you mm-hmm. without that sort of without that with that mask of the makeup mm-hmm. and 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 it's not real you know yeah it, totally it's somewhat of, a, of an illusion right and so i think it's it's also important to talk about how you know the statistics out there about women feeling less attractive right. with makeup um, it shows a red flag of like, well, what, what is it that's actually? Yeah, is it enhancing you and your right. features, or are you using it as a security blanket? Yeah, where did someone along the lines uh, tell you? Did you how you grew up? It's it's all of that, and it's all encompassing, you yeah. know, in the sense of where do you draw the line between healthy, right, and 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 unhealthy, and also. Uh, Treating yourself and loving yourself and and, and enjoying that process of right. feeling feminine and and gorgeous in with your within your own body, but maybe with a little bit of makeup on because it feels good, you know. Totally, I think that, and I think that differs woman to woman. Oh, absolutely. However, an individual woman decides to utilize makeup, whether it's to yeah. enhance, to hide, to whatever cover exactly. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that's an interesting question because. I have a messy question for you. Okay, ask away. Did you feel like your white girlfriends growing up were more frantic about makeup than any of your other minority friends? Yes. Because I felt like I had never heard the phrase, I need makeup. I look dead. I need makeup more than from my white friends. I I I barely heard that from my black girlfriends, Mexican girlfriends, Asian girlfriends. Yeah, no, I, yes, I agree with you 100% that that if anything, my white friends were always more prone to start wearing makeup earlier mm-hmm. even just the hair too it was like they'd come to school with hair with their hair curled i think the statistic is 13 that's when the average american wow. girl starts wearing makeup that that's just american girl mind. that doesn't just mean caucasian that's sure. just american. any average american yeah i remember they showed up with their hair curled and mascara and i remember 
being really confused. Like, what what's this stuff on your face? Mm-hmm. You know, just. And then in Orange County, I felt like I started. I had to do that for whatever reason. It was so so silly. But you know, when you're a teen, <laughs> yeah, and you want to fit in because I think that that's what cosmetics afford women is this sense of fitting in, yes, this sense feeling, of finding your your mm-hmm. social group, your social identity. Yes, I agree. Um, I guess it's a strategy for acceptance. Is what in I'm a way, to say. in yeah. a way, yeah. And I, and I think, and for me, I remember being like, "What the hell?" Like her face and her nail, and they had acrylics. You know, they had fake mm-hmm. nails and all this stuff. And and I remember being really confused. And then one day, I remember there were like these group of blonde girls. They all looked the same. <laughs> they gotta be blonde. They gotta be blonde, and they all had everything was the same about them. And this was in seventh grade mm-hmm. we were 14 okay and uh i saw their mothers who picked them up mm-hmm. and i and then finally i think i don't remember when but i just remember feeling this moment as in the, when i was growing up in orange county of like oh it's learned i get it yeah i get it she literally literally is like a mini version of her mother mm-hmm Literally. I believe it. And so then it, then it, then, and then I think that's when it kind of demystified of like, okay, well, it, that's never going to be me. Yeah. Because I look at my mom and I go, she's never wearing makeup. She's right. Like, never... I don't think either one of our moms wore a ton. Like, my mom was a career woman, but her makeup was for like effective purposes only. Mm. I'm putting on makeup to look polished, to look away, groomed, well but, put together. Yeah, but there's no fucking way that I'm spending half an hour doing God knows what. I'm too yeah. busy. Yeah. I can't. I agree. I agree. And, and and most of these women's don't have much to do every day, probably, or they have so much money where they have to, you know, look a certain way. They have that. to keep that standard of 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 whatever it is that they're doing. Um, but something about I think, especially white girls, they get into it early, and it it comes from I think just their families, and that's just how it is for whatever reason, which. It's very interesting, and I'm not saying across the board all right. white people, but but compared to other other like Asians and Hispanics and Black people, for sure, mm-hmm. hands down. Yeah, I agree. I remember going to school. I went to school in upstate New York, and one of the girls that lived in my dorm freshman and sophomore year, she was from the South, and her mom was big on you can't go out of the house without your makeup on. You never know who you're going to meet at the grocery store, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And being like, ugh, you are teaching your daughter not good self-presentation habits because if the idea of going out without makeup but you might meet the man in your dreams but he's not gonna like you if if you don't have makeup on if you don't have makeup on i think that's a really backwards message to send to your daughter especially while she's developing right right and she's finding out who she is and what she wants and what she likes it, it it's a brazilians have that mm-hmm. um when guests come they have to put a little perfume on and they have to um put a little lipstick on so much so that um this was i i went to my uh father's house a couple of days ago or my i think my brother had told me this that my little sister who's only six years old mm-hmm. okay my brother showed up to the house my little sister ran into her room put a little lipstick on and came out that's terrifying isn't me. it when that's my terrifying. when my brother came home and told me that i went she's only six like and she learned it mm-hmm. she learned it from her grandma yeah you of know course. so uh, it's 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 yeah it's uh 
and then it's like and then I think about these women who did learn it and did go through this at one point they must have to they must feel like what am I doing this for I remember this one girl I never forget too in when I was living in Orange County I was sitting next to her we had become good friends um she started wearing makeup all of a sudden and like fast you know like she right. had done her whole face within maybe like the past just couple months of 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 uh of, of getting to know her and becoming her friend and I said, "Well, how long does it take you to do to do all this stuff?" And mind you, we're we're in middle school. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, "Oh, I wake up at I wake up at five in the morning every day." And I remember what? I remember thinking that when I was four, uh, 13 and thinking, "What? Yeah. What about what about what about sleeping? Like, don't you want to sleep? Yeah. <laughs> don't you want to get that two hours of extra time?" And you know. It's it's it blew my mind. I, I was just so confused. They said you're you're so young and 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 you have to do all this for who for what? Mm-hmm. So see now that's the part of not being included in like mainstream beauty growing up that I am happy about mm-hmm. because essentially black women were not really included at all. We were essentially invisible. I didn't see I didn't feel the need to like have to make myself up I didn't see anyone that was made up in the magazines <laughs> so like so, so why would you do it so why would I do it I didn't yeah. know how I didn't see people doing it on black girls so like I didn't feel I guess in that sense the lack of inclusion worked to my benefit yeah because I think we both benefited yeah I do think really? that that lack of inclusion benefited not us. only monetary wise because we didn't yes. spend money right um health wise because we weren't putting shit in our pool Mm-hmm. Um, and and in a sense, trying to because of that lack of inclusion, I think it really forced us to look at ourselves. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. that's ultimately what what it what it came down what it came, comes down to. And I'm happy that I had that the, that I prepared myself for that earlier because now I really like wearing makeup and I enjoy yes. the process of putting me makeup it's, up on. It's very meditative for me. Yeah, because it's not an everyday thing. I get excited to put makeup yeah, on. Right. Um, that's a nice ritual. Now, granted, I won't max 15 minutes and I'm done. I, I can't do any longer than that. Any longer than that, I feel like I'm just wasting time. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I actually really love the process of putting it on. It's hmm, good. Now, if more brands made more colors for people like me, <laughs> I would love it even more. Oh, wait. But talk about what you were talking about Rihanna's okay, line, yeah. which I, I had no idea. So before I go there, okay. it, I think it's worth mentioning that African-American people, when it comes to our cosmetic and skincare, we're very, very loyal. Mm-hmm. Because we've got to know that the products work for our skin tones, the pigments are right, the undertones are proper. Sure. And we have to know that it works. Yeah. And so for the longest time, I was a Clinique, NARS, oh and God, Clinique. I love Clinique. I remember those days. I love Clinique. Clinique was around and there for me with colors for me before any other line did. I was a unicorn in the sense that most black girls have to buy two different foundation shades and, and mix, mix it, it together. I didn't. Clinique had one color oh, that worked for me. Okay. I felt like I had hit the jackpot. So I was already super loyal to Clinique. As I got older and had my own money, NARS became more and more interesting to me because uh-huh. the pigments are great. The color line is vast, so on and so forth. But then Rihanna's Fenty brand came out. Mm-hmm. Recently? Uh, I think maybe a year ago. Okay. I think... Yeah, maybe a year, year and a half ago. And she 
changed the game. Not just for girls like me who now really enjoyed shopping for foundations and concealers and concealers and colors for myself, mm-hmm. but she changed the entire standard of what makeup lines should be offering to their customers now. Because oh. I believe she had her foundation, it spans 40 colors. And it's wow. everything from the lightest of white girls to the oliviest of Asian and Mediterranean girls to the darkest of black girls and everything in between. That's amazing. And when it comes to cosmetics, it's worth mentioning that cosmetic lines don't necessarily want to be labeled as ethnic. Yeah. That's not... That's the last thing on their mind. Right. But but it's also not something that most brands communicate. Even not if they do offer things for people of color, they don't want to be relegated to the ethnic Only, cosmetic... Only, yeah, I agree. Uh, ...section. Yes. So in order to play with the beauty bad boys and big dogs, you got to stay as, I guess, white as possible. Possible. Um, and there's also a thought that African-American skincare won't sell. Where Well, here comes Fenty Beauty. All of the African-American skincare completely sold out what did not sell out were the foundations for white girls (laughs) i mean makes sense too you know rihanna's following and good on her well right and i think it just goes to show you that a like i said before we're super loyal i guarantee you rihanna's having a hard time keeping those products stocked yeah because once we know that it works we are off to the races versus our caucasian and european counterpoints where they have a plethora of of options for them. So many. So they have the luxury of being able to try something new and different and on trend, which is great for them, Mm -hmm. but maybe not great for cosmetic lines. Sure. That if, I mean, if you want to raise the annual amount of money that you bring in. You need loyal, repeat You need the loyal, repeat customers. You need the Starbucks customers of the makeup world. Um, And so Rihanna is not only spearheading this movement you know she's making hella bank off of it you know you're making bank when cosmetic brands that have been around for years come at you and start hating you which is what makeup forever did makeup forever i guess right after fenty beauty launched and obviously fenty beauty made a a lot of uh noise about the fact that they were all inclusive that was sort of one of their driving points Points. was that they had something for everyone Everyone. Uh uh-huh Their line came out, sold out, Makeup Forever basically went on Instagram and was like, well, you know, we've had 40 shades for a couple of years now. You know, nothing. This is nothing new for us. Right. And Rihanna basically responded back and was like, LOL, still ashy, shook. Like (gasps) basically being like, oh, really? You do? They don't work for us. (sighs) It's one thing to have colors for black people. It's a whole different thing to have them be effective. On the skin. Right. Mm. And even farther than that. Brands have to communicate that they have these products. Yeah. And that was something that Makeup Forever didn't do. do. They might have had the products, but they didn't tell us about it. Therefore, that really goes to show that they maybe even... They, their mind of including being all-inclusive wasn't really on their minds. Right, That's exactly. What it, comes down to. it wasn't thoughtful inclusion. Yes. It, it wasn't afterthought inclusion either, but it was afterthought communication inclusion. Uh, That's what it was. It's one thing to have a product. It's a different thing to make it be known that these products are available. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to talk about the the, eth- the being relegated to ethnic skincare. Yeah, Because one could assume that maybe that was part of the risk of yeah. Makeup Forever not yeah. telling the world that they have these well, products for people. And of as color. far as Asians goes, I mean, at least in America, the one the only one and 
I granted I am not in like I don't really know too much about how many brands and what's all out there um but what jumps to my mind as far as for Asians is only Shiseido yeah that's it only Shiseido she said I remember being small and walking around the mall and being only seeing Shiseido as a well first the name but but as far (laughs) as like seeing an Asian model like you know, like yeah. a, like a, like a whatever advertisement. Mm-hmm. They were Asian, and I right. remember that was the growing up. That was the only one I remember seeing in like mainstream stores. Right. Uh, but does Shiseido really target the Asian community? Because I, I feel like when I see Shiseido ads, there's a lot of white women. Like I had to do some digging before I yeah. discovered that Shiseido I'm, was Asian. I'm not too sure. I think they pride themselves on that they are an Asian brand. Got it. And that they might have certain products that are specifically for the Asian skin or the Asian. But they also, I don't think, specifically market only See, I don't to think Asians. so either. No. Because I know I went and bought a couple of Shiseido products and there was nothing that was like extraordinarily super different Mm -hmm. because I was Asian or because of my shape of eye or because of my tiny eyelashes or my lack of eyebrows, you know, all of that. Uh, So that's important too. Yeah, so it sounds like we need more Asian cosmetic lines out there. I think so. And I also think because maybe the Asians want to be so, that, that Western standard of beauty, that they might just be okay with going and buying those Western brands, you know, Mac and Makeup Forever and right. going to Sephora and buying all those because they 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 see that that's oh that that's what the the Western world is doing or being and they're good at it, so we might as well do that instead of demanding mm-hmm. you know a specific line just for Asians, which would be really interesting if anyone listening out there. Do you think that we need more Asian cosmetic lines, or do you think that? brands need to take a chance on lesser known Asian cosmetic lines to make them mainstream. Say that again? <laughs> like, do you think so I my I'm assuming that there are Asian makeup lines out there. Yes. They're just not as well known as Shiseido. Yes. Do you think that those if if larger corporations bought those smaller Asian cosmetic lines and made them more mainstream that would be more beneficial to you as an Asian consumer? Um, I'm not too sure. I think, I think what would be nice would be to have products or or specific uh, ways of how to to market that that target the Asian the Asian community um, in in a way where where it, it, they like they know how to get us if they're specifically talking about the eyes or the face or the the eyelashes. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be nice to, to see that branded more, yeah, uh, amongst all all cosmetic lines. Mm-hmm. But if that if, if if there is an Asian line that's already out there, I think they should be more. If if they had the support and and a bigger company were to you know buy them and, and fully fund them in the way where they could do that, mm-hmm. I think it would be great. You know, especially yeah. in these Asian communities. Yeah, you know, don't do it in like somewhere in the midwest but do it here in los angeles well yeah because black people are like asian people like we stick together yeah if there is a company out there that works for us we are telling each other you gotta support this you have to buy these products 
whatever and what have you. And yeah. so I feel like we're I, the same way. I, yeah. I've had so many of my girlfriends be like, this eyeliner is really good. It doesn't smudge, you know, because we have a monolid. We blink. Everything smudges. Right. You know, over oh, and over gosh, again. I never thought about that. Everything smudges. Everything. Nothing Damn. stays. I remember grow up, like putting on eyeliner and then blinking or rubbing my eye or something silly. And then I look at the mirror and everything would be smudged. Right. Okay. Um, so we have a, a lot of things that 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 we deal with just because of our different like what well, same with you guys you know mm-hmm. just the different shapes of right. our faces. Yeah, different complexions. Yeah, for sure. So. Hmm. Well, well. <laughs> all of that said, I think that we should tie this conversation back to our original question: like, is to it a makeup statement? or not, not to make up? Is it a statement or is it not a statement? Yeah. Okay. Here's my thought on Go it. Go for it. Shoot. <laughs> when you do makeup, because mm-hmm. the question was to make up or to not make up. It's not that I just have bad grammar. When you do makeup, just be in just ha- be in touch with yourself as far as if it's coming from a place of insecurity or a, a place of not worthy or a place of less than and recognize that mm-hmm. and maybe pull back a little, okay. you know. Um, and if you do makeup then let it be a meditative process. Let it be a self-loving process. Let it be a, I love myself, so I do this, and, mm. and enjoy it, and, and, and know that it, that it is maybe, that, and that it's coming from a place of love and, and a place of healthy um, uh, energy towards yourself. All right, all right, that's, all right. That's what I've had. That's very zen, I, I very know. serene. I love um, it. <laughs> namaste. <laughs> I think... What about you? If the question is to make up or not make up, I say, do you. But mm. do you while being respectful of the other half. If ah. you are a girl that does not like to wear makeup, if you have been blessed... Honor that. Whew, if you have been blessed with an angelic complexion, flawless skin, gorgeous freckles, beautiful beauty marks, whatever, if you are comfortable and you're naturalist of natural skins and you feel most authentic... Amazing. And I'm jealous of you because I'm still getting there myself. (laughs) Uh But please don't hate on the girls that do decide to take the half hour, 45 minute, hour long process of putting on their makeup, putting on what they believe is their best face. Mm, Like, let's not have one shame the other. Because I think that that can be a thing. Right. right, The makeup wearers versus the not. Oh, gosh. And I think that there is a thought out there. Support each other in that. Yeah. Like, I think there's a thought out there that if women are wearing makeup, it's because they're hiding something or they're trying to trick someone or they don't love themselves or they're not self-confident. And again, like, I think if you're spending an hour on your face, there's a lot of love there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what Attention. I mean? Attention, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if you are one of the girls that decides not to wear makeup, that's cool. Do you. But if you do see a girl whose beat is on point and her makeup is like slaying the game, mm-hmm. go over and let her know. Yeah. Because I'm sure she wants to hear it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, otherwise, why would she do that in, just, in a way in maybe a i'm just that kind of person that's like girl i can't do makeup i am so inept <laughs> but your face is everything like you wear that face own it and you shut shit down <laughs> <laughs> but to that's the makeup great. wearers don't hate on us non-makeup wearers yeah. that choose to not wear makeup and that focus on our skincare versus our product and product knowledge and product application exactly we should just support each other and be symbiotic i agree and if you're a makeup artist or an up-and-coming makeup artist and you need someone to like practice practice on call me because i hate i 
hate the fact that I'm not good at doing makeup. Ah. So I would like someone who knows what they're doing to do it hmm. for me, and I'm happy to pay them. Good. Yeah. Preferably someone who also understands like complexion very well. So preferably a black girl would be nice. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, I've had white makeup artists that know, know a, and a how great to do it. deal of of how to apply makeup for African. I think it depends on the makeup artist and how yeah. skilled and I've, trained I, they are. I've had. I've had also, uh, I've had all kinds of stuff. I've had makeup artists do my face and I'm like, mm, I'm yeah. Gonna. And then I've had others be like, oh, wow, they got it, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't think so, it's a black, white, Asian, Asian Mexican thing. thing. I think it's a how good are you? How trained right. are you? What do you know? Kind of a thing. Yeah. And don't, I, I will not fall prey to the YouTube beauty makeup artists out there. I feel like that's a new thing. We're like, what do you mean? What is that? Like, I. I I have a hard time connecting with like YouTube beauty vloggers who are oh, essentially YouTube. the vloggers that are like, I'm a makeup artist, but they you could get the sense that they only know how to do makeup on people that look like them or themselves. Mm, do you know I what see, I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, there, there is a great deal to learn from them. It's true. If, if you really want to learn, I mm-hmm. think you should find one that really you like. Right. That that release the way everything from the way they talk, from mm-hmm. the way they look, it's important. And there's so many out there. You, sh- you could probably just find like just honestly, have... Jackie. I don't really no? want to. Start All right, YouTube fine. So anyone out there out who to wants makeup. to do uh, face uh, and uh, and uh, and is looking for some practice, reach out to Alana. She's more than ready. Or just looking see. for some extra money. Yeah. I'm here. Get at us. <laughs> She'll pay you exactly. <laughs> well, okay. I hope that that was a a good yeah. It was just exploration of yeah. what makeup means to women and should we wear it and should we not mm-hmm. and the answer is all up to you follow yes. your bliss yes and in the meantime if you are wearing makeup i hope it's looking great yeah it's hot out here in la so i hope it's like <laughs> set i hope you're not sweating it off and if you guys have any input or any thoughts or have if this inspires you to wear less or wear more or just have a conversation about this with your girlfriends or with your moms or look at yourself and your journey with makeup um reach out and let us know what you think we'd love to hear from you yeah totally yeah you can find us on instagram at uh, black and yellow podcast you can find my personal instagram handle at jacqueline chung young you can find my personal instagram handle at renegade of fun and this episode was produced by christian humes at zeitgeist and as always don't forget to email us our email inbox is always open podcast black and yellow at gmail.com see you guys later bye bye